All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Oh my, just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Oh my, this is going to be a fun conversation. I, I'm I'm panicking at this exact moment because I can't recall exactly how I connected to today's guest, uh, but it was probably, I want to say sometime 2015, we connected somehow and we talked about this gentleman's book that we're actually here to talk about today. And since then, he's become a friend and we've become connected online and, and it's been fun to watch his journey. And, and uh, I think he's blowing smoke up my fan but he says it's been fun watching my journey so it's a it's a it's an exciting conversation for me it's actually a really intriguing conversation because his philosophy towards marketing and business is is very closely mirrored to mine and our philosophy and how we connect to people important to us and to our business is is actually quite similar and so it's going to be a really fun conversation i suspect this will not be the last time you'll hear from this gentleman so let's say hello to today's guest his name is Stu heineck he's the author of a new book that we're here to talk about called how to get a meeting with anyone he's a wall street journal cartoonist yes that's relevant to this conversation he's also of course a marketing professional Stu, welcome to the show my friend thank you so much todd good to be here it is good to good to have you on the show uh, uh, we had to pause this conversation for about a month because i was in the midst of my move north and so i'm glad we finally got connected so good to have you here Stu. before we get into our conversation about the new book uh, take a few quick seconds and and tell people a bit about your intriguing story well, sure. And by the way, you're part of it. You're part of the book. And I just thought I'd remind you that actually, I, you were one of the people I interviewed, and you show up pretty prominently in the book. So well, that, that's actually how we met. But I was going to so, let you say that just uh, so I didn't sound pompous. But uh, yes, it was, it was a thrill to be part of that project. Uh, so thank you for that. Oh, you you added some great stuff. I'm sure we'll hear we'll we'll bring it up in the conversation here. But so so I'm one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists. I'm a Hall of Fame nominated marketer. And, uh, and, and an author of the, of the new book, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone. And, you know, in the book, I got to name this form of marketing that a lot of us have been using naturally to break through to people who are really important to us, but very difficult to reach. And it's a fun problem to have, isn't it, Todd? I mean, you, you solve it every day with your podcasts. Right, you, right. You get to, I mean, I remember that you reached Mike Eros. Oh God, I'm not gonna be able to say his Mike name. Mike Ruzioni, right? yeah, yeah. There we go, <laughs> the the hockey player, and he was one of your boyhood heroes, and you connected with him, and uh, and and so using a podcast and and giving giving someone uh, important exposure, media exposure is just a great way to connect. And what I found during my career is that well, you know I, I've been using cartoons in marketing my whole career, and and cartoons are just these 
it, it's just an amazing device. Because if you think about it, first of all, cartoons are some of the best read and remembered parts of magazines and newspapers. In fact, that's what readership surveys say, that, that they're the best read and remembered part of anything they're in editorially. That's amazing. Because, you know, if you think about what's in a magazine or a newspaper, they're all, they're all collective works. Everything, they're, they're, everything in there is created by very, very uh, creative and, and you know, the, top, the top professionals. And, you know, everything is supposed to be memorable and get your attention, but it's the cartoons that always come out on top. Well, I'll get to you right now, and this is an adult show. So, but the 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 cartoons were were a priority for me in Playboy, and the, and the pictures were second. Oh, yeah. And then uh, whenever I would pick up a copy of New Yorker, uh, whether I was in the doctor's office or in the airport or whatever, that was that's all. That's what I would thumb through is look at all the cool cartoons. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's actually how it got. As a kid, I, my my brothers and I used to sneak Playboys out of our father's dresser drawer and check them out. And, <laughs> You know, of course, we were interested in the pictures, but but also thinking, who are these guys? These guys that do the cartoons—they're just amazing. And and you know, you talk about meeting boyhood heroes. I, I got to meet Gahan Wilson and mm. Eldon Dadini, and and actually a lot of the New Yorker cartoonists. And they became part of my group early in my business career. Very That's cool. a pretty cool thing. That is a very cool thing. So, but but anyway, what I've been discovering is that my cartoons, when I send them out to people, uh, and and most of my cartoons are. They're personalized, so they're, they're they're the gag is written and conceived so that I put the person's name in that I'm going to send it to, and and so they get really excited about it. I mean, I've I've reached over over the course of my career, I've reached presidents, a prime minister, celebrities, and just really countless CEOs, C level executives, and top decision makers. Really, it's just very, very easy to get through to people using the cartoons. And so, yeah, you know, and the other wonderful thing about cartoons, by the way, is that if you think about the nature of humor, humor is always about truth being revealed in a, tw- with, in a twist. So a lot of times when we find ourselves laughing at things or finding anything funny, we're often also saying, huh, but it's true, it is like that, or I know someone like that, or I've been through something like that. Yeah, I've but done it. I've been there. I, that, yeah. That, 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 to me, that's, that's what humor is about, is when I'm watching a stand-up on stage and he tells a story that I have experienced. That's when I, because what I'm laughing at is, uh, what I'm really saying is, <laughs> yep, that, that happened to me. You know, that, yeah, exactly. I get it, I get it, I get it. Yeah, not only do you get it, but you agree. You sort of agree with this point. Right. And that's really what's going on. Right. That's a really wonderful thing. So all that is tied together in cartoons. And it, as I said, it's allowed me to reach people I should never be able to reach. And and I still get through to them. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful so, thing. And as you yeah. said, uh, kindly, as you said at the top of the show, I mean, that's that's how I connect to people is is if I, I've identified someone who I want to connect with, I, I don't put a cold call into them. I, I, I reach out and say, I'd like you to be a guest on my show to talk about X. Yep. And that's an entirely different approach than saying, hello, can I get 50 minutes every time to talk to you about how I can improve your efficiencies and reduce costs and improve productivity? <laughs> they don't want to hear that. They get that all, the, yeah. all day long. And so, but, but in, in a guest appearance on a radio show is a whole different approach. And, and, and you know, so I mean, we, we, that's, that's what I was talking about, audience, at the, at the top of the show. I said he and I have similar philosophies because that's how we connect to people. So let's get to the book. So uh, obviously yeah. all this life experience 
Yeah, and, and the type of marketing, frankly, that you were talking about is this thing called contact marketing, and and yeah. and I and I treasure that because I, I I never realized that there was an actual official term for what I do, but that's exactly well, that's, there that's isn't. exactly what I do is contact marketing. I mean, that's exactly what I do. Yeah. So the yeah. book, how to the book again is called How to Get a Meeting with Anyone. So now, Stu, I ask a similar question to everyone I, who I interview who, who writes on a subject that other people have written about. I mean, I, I talk to a lot of salespeople on this show, a lot of marketers, a lot of leadership strategists and all that. And there's a billion books on all those subjects. And frankly, there's a lot of thought leadership out there about how to get that, that key meeting. So I think... I'm about to ask this question because it's just part of what I do. But I think you and I, if you've been paying attention, we've already been kind of answered this thing. But but why did the world need another book about how to get that key meeting? Huh. Well, you know, I do see a lot of I, I see a lot of books about how to sell, and uh, and you know there there are some well known books, but there's certainly one one that comes to mind, Selling to Vito, which was really a beautiful book, and and it it beautifully laid out the. The reasons why you shouldn't be calling on purchasing departments, probably, but why you should be calling on people who are who actually have the the decision authority to to do what you want to do, and you know the people who have the ultimate decision authority and budget authority are, are the CEOs of the companies you might want to have as as clients. But the one thing that I think Tony Perinello left out was well, what are the methods of actually breaking through? I mean, I know he he talked a lot about what you do when you do it, but but I think he just gave one example of, of, of a device or a method for actually breaking through. And, 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 you know, the thing is, you've been doing this. I've been doing, I mean, I've been doing it with my cartoons. You've been doing it with your podcast. The fact is a lot of, a lot of people, and I think particularly a lot of people in sales have just naturally done some form of contact marketing. But I'm really proud to say that, that contact marketing is, is my term for it. And, and I, I, I used it because, you know, I'd always been calling my own campaigns, contact campaigns. And as I interviewed you and a lot of the other sales thought leaders for the book, nobody seemed to have a name for this. So, mm. so there it is. And, and in the book, you know, I was, I was, and this was just a blast to write Todd, because, you know, I got to ask all these top sales thought leaders, when you have to reach someone who's really important, but very difficult to reach, how are you doing it? And they shared all, a lot of times people would say, well, it's not very clever or unique. You know, they'd hear about my cartoons maybe or something. Well, it's nothing like that. But then they tell me something that's just absolutely clever, unique, and audacious. And so I was, you know, just, I, I really had a blast and I ended up uh, collecting 20 categories of contact marketing campaign types in the book. Let me ask you this question. So someone listening to this, they, they, he or she now knows how you and I do it. So, and, I, and I'll, I'll preface this question by telling you the story is that I have a very, very dear friend who is an extraordinarily talented cartoonist. And in fact, I need to connect the two of you. Oh. But I had the brilliant idea of saying, all right, my friend, because he used to work for me many, many years ago when back in the political days. Anyway, I said, why don't you do the drawings? And Because I wanted to create some really snarky marketing cartoon, business cartoon. And I said, I'll come up with the idea and I'll draw the stick figures of, of the story and you make it look good. And he said, all right, let's do it. Well, that crashed and burned because it was hard. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I came up with the, the two ideas and then I had a wall. I mean, what, what you guys do as a cartoonist and weaving this amazing story through visuals and drawings and all that, it's really, really hard. So 
I preface this question with, with that story because what I point is most people aren't doing a podcast and most people, me included, don't have any ability to draw a cartoon <laughs> as, a, as, a, as our means of contact marketing. What are some other examples so that those listening to this can say, oh, that's what that is. Yeah, I could do that. Sure, sure. Well, and these are great. That's a great point. Not everybody's a cartoonist. Not everybody has a, a podcast or a radio show. So how does one pick up on on this this notion of contact marketing and how do, how do they get to use it to change the scale of the business? So I mentioned the 20 categories of, of contact campaign types. And I, I should also just explain that what was shared with me are contact campaign strategies or tactics that cost anywhere from zero to $10,000 per contact. So maybe we should, I, I think we should start with the zero cost. Yeah, well, probably so. Actually, that's the most useful. But, but you know what? The 10000 per contact is is worth it if it's the right contact. I mean, I, and it I, was. Oh, that, there's a great story behind it. Yeah. There's actually a great story. Maybe we'll get to it today. But, but you know, just, just on the very basic level, most of us are using social media and email and phones and mail right now. But there are some really interesting ways that you can use all four of those to break through, to break through, and I, I would think that, for the most part, it's not really news for for your audience to to, to hear that LinkedIn is a great way to connect with with important contacts. We'll explain why it is. Uh, well, I, I, it's actually it's been developing. It's it's a developing story. It just keeps changing, and people are getting more and more adept at using LinkedIn to actually LinkedIn and and Twitter's another great one for connecting with actually Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Certainly, those three, and I'm no, so I'm not a social media expert, and and I'm not spread across all the channels. All I know is that the more I see it, the more I, I realize. Gosh, it's you know, Facebook is a great way to just to get to know people personally without pitching anything. You know, pitching is just basically kind of a, a poisonous thing <laughs> until you're after. But isn't pitch. the problem with social media? So, if I'm, let me repeat this to be sure I'm right, and if I'm not, correct me. So to those listening, what you're saying is an effective utilization of tools like social media and email marketing is, in fact, contact marketing. It is. Yeah. It's funny that, 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 that you say that because just yesterday I interviewed a gentleman who's a professor of marketing at DePaul University here in Chicago. And he was the whole point of his book was marketing lessons for business from, from political campaigns. And, oh. and we were talking about Donald Trump and his, his effective use of Twitter. And and the point was every campaign out there is using Twitter. I mean, you're you're silly and stupid if you're not using Twitter as an, as a national campaign. But what most campaigns are doing is just tweeting event information, quotes on on stories, and 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 they're doing all the usual things and and photographs with their their inspirational quotes, and they're just trying to generate memes. They're doing what everyone else is doing. What Trump is doing is he's poking a finger in people's eye and saying, yeah. "You're you're silly. You're wrong. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to." And 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 he's. He's spurring conversation. So what you're, if, if I'm correct in understanding what you're saying is, is, and I love the fact that you said you're not a social media expert. Most of us aren't. And you don't have to be right to be an effective contact yes. marketer on these tools, right? You're just trying to, and it isn't about pitching, in my view. It's about forging a connection and building a relationship. And then once you do that, boom, then the sales process becomes simple. Yeah, and and that's really the point of contact marketing is is to create connections where you didn't have them before with people that are that are critically important to your success. 
And so, you know, if you're using LinkedIn, I, I, I think that the worst way that I've seen it used is people reach out to you. And this happens to me. It happens probably to all of us that someone will reach out and they'll, they'll ask to connect. And so I'm, I'm pretty open about it. So I'm, I connect with them. And the next thing I get is a note, you know, a, a long page oh. full of pitch. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I've just been spammed. It's it, it, for me. It's immediate uh, un, unconnect. I, I, I go back to the account and I disconnect from. Them. I, I unfriend them. I, I that, is, that is so annoying. It's horrible. But if you, but if instead, and I think a lot of the the point of contact marketing is understanding who it is that you obviously you will need to know who who's on your your list of people that you're going to connect with. And I would say no more than a hundred, and it might be just a dozen people that can make a big difference in in your business or your your sales career. But then dig down a lot and 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 use social media to find out what what's important to them and what are the I mean like you know I know about about your move to Chicago because you and I are connected on on Facebook. What's a great way to open a conversation or maybe send something that has to do with Chicago? It certainly would be a great way to to open a conversation with you, I would think. And um, and, and so similarly with with all these people that are important to you and people that you could. That, that are potential really super important contacts, you're going to want to know something about them. And then when you reach out to them, reach out to them in a relevant way. I mean, I, I think on Twitter, a great way, I, someone did this, just did this with me recently that they, they took my book, they got it and they took it on vacation and they went to, to um, the Dominic, Dominican Republic on vacation and they, they posed the book all over the, the, the resort they were at and sent me pictures what a great, of course, I'm going to respond to that. If someone, if you were trying to reach someone who just published an article and you said, you know, I, I, I loved your article, but I had a question about it. Could I connect with you? That's, that's going to get you connections. Mm-hmm. Those are the kinds of things that'll, that'll connect to you. And then, you know, with the email, a lot of us use email and CEOs get a lot of email and it's all screened. And so, you know, how, how would you break through using email? Well, you know, there's some really simple tactics for, for, for doing that. I and mean, certainly one of the things is that if you know anybody else's email address, then you can certainly infer what the CEO's email address is. You know, right, if right. everybody's email is their first initial and last name at the company, at the company's uh, a domain name, well, it's really simple to, to you know, if, if it's Brian Smith that is the CEO, to it's B. Smith. <laughs> I mean, that's, right. that's the email address. But the next thing is, how would you get them to pay attention to it? And I would, I would suggest, based on what, what, what I found from, from the research, that, that you either send a, an email to them Saturday morning or Sunday evening. Don't even try to do it during the week because it's just too busy. They're, they're, it's too busy and too clogged of a channel. But Saturday mornings, a lot of, a lot of CEOs are up early. And you know they, the first, first day after the, after the end of the week, and they, they're, they're up and they're maybe checking a little bit of a few things before the before their family wakes up perhaps, but they're, they, they seem to check their emails then or Sunday evening when they're planning out what their week is going to be like. And, and if you send them an email, that's very brief. I mean, like one sentence, don't get verbose in it. And those, those tend to break through. I've, I've used it. I used it recently to, to connect with Mark Benioff, the CEO of Salesforce. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, it is because he's, he's just, he's one of those people who gets a lot of, a lot of contact and you know it's just, they're, they're, it's difficult for them actually and i think you know again the other the other part of this is that whether you're using social media or email or some of these other more involved techniques it's really about 
you really can boil it down to this, uh, Todd. People buy from people they know, like, and trust. And if you don't know the person that you're trying to connect with, then you've got to find a way to bridge that gap. You, you need to become someone that they, that they, if they don't know you, at least they admire the way you think. Yeah. And then maybe they like the way that, maybe they admire what it is you've done. So when you show up and you speak to an executive assistant and you say, hi, I'm, I'm Todd Schnick and I'm, I want to invite your, your boss to be a guest on my radio show. It's called Intrepid Business that they listen and they say, well, that has value. I need to bring that to the, to my, to my boss. That's something I think they'd find valuable. You always, you always need to be striving to bring something of value and express and express that through whatever it is you're doing through contact campaigns. All right. Stu Heineck and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This is Wes Moss, former host of Atlanta Tech Edge on NBC in Atlanta. I'm here today, though, to talk to you about my new digital financial advisory firm, Wella. Wella is an old English word that means wealth. Several years ago, my team realized there were too many people who needed help with their financial strategy, but couldn't get the help they needed because they didn't reach the high investment minimums of many financial advisory firms. To answer this need, we developed Wella, a digital platform that allows us to help people just like you get free financial advice and tools to better manage their finances. We also offer online investing and the ability to work with your own investment advisor with no minimums. Learn more at yourwella.com. That's Y-O-U-R-W-E-L-A.com. Well, to use what you and I do, I mean, Stu, you hit on my secret. Don't tell anyone else this, but the whole whole shtick of my approach is, is how many emails does that secretary of the CEO get every day saying, I want to talk to him about this. I want to pitch him this idea. I Mm -hmm. I just want 50 minutes of his time to, just 50 minutes of his time to pitch this. Well, most of those get deleted or they've thrown out or whatever. But when there's an invitation to be on a national radio show, well, ah, shoot, I got to forward this on. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have to do that. And then and then a personalized cartoon from Stu, <laughs> you know, darn well, that's going to get forwarded, probably printed out and thumbtacked to the to the wall in his office. You know, I mean, so that's the whole point of what you and I do. And, and But I want to be sure it's real clear from this conversation that you can achieve a lot of those same things through tools as, as, as common as social media and, and email. I mean, that, yeah. I, I, I laugh every time when there's some discussion going on about Twitter, say, and people say, oh, I just don't care what someone had for breakfast. Or why, if uh, they're complaining about Facebook, why do I need to look at this person's family trip pictures from Disney World? Well, my point is that's the that's the choices stuff on those networks if you're, if you're in it as that's a business. That's true. Because now, if I know what you had for breakfast... Then I have a I have a I have an entree to get to talk to you about something. Hey, I love that breakfast joint. I love eggs. What's your favorite recipe? Um, or if it's on Facebook, you know, how many people raise your hand if you've been to Disney World? Okay, most of us have been to Disney World, so now we have something in common with that guy, and we can say, "Oh God, what a great trip! Where did you stay?" You know, all of a sudden, you have a conversation. And, yeah. and and you are now building a relationship. That to me is where the sales process really starts. See see what I do is is I have I have a, a thirty minute conversation with someone on a podcast. Well, when that thing's done and we hang up, we're we're old friends now. Yep. We've gone through this thing together. I've I've asked some deep questions and we've learned some things about each other and we've spent some time together and we've had fun. 
shoot, we're like buddies now. And, and half the time I say, you know what, we ought to have a conversation because I think I could create a cool business series on this idea of what your book's about and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, yeah, 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 let's talk about it. Boom, the, the, yep. the sales process is underway. I mean, that's... Well, take a look at what that does, Doug, because what, what you've done, and, and, and this is really the object of, of contact marketing is, in the absence of having a relationship, what you need to do is show up and break through the clutter and humanize yourself yep. so that they, you know, they, they, you know, it's, they don't know and like and trust you yet. But what they might do is they might say, I really like the way this guy, this person thinks, you know, wow, if they think like this, what could they do for us? You know, they, that was a very clever, very interesting way that they've used just to reach out to me. Or they may not even, they may not even think that consciously, but unconsciously they're, they're thinking, this is someone worth talking to. And that's the whole point of contact marketing. So, but you know, the thing is, Todd, it, it doesn't, it's not just about social selling. I mean, that's, that's a subject unto itself. Right, it's, right, it's, right. it's not just about social media. There's some really, really prize and crazy ways that people have been using contact marketing to break through to, to, to important people. So give me a couple of examples. Well, sure. You know, there's one, I think, you know, Dan Waldschmidt. Oh, um, <laughs> too well. Uh, okay. Well, he's a good guy. And you know, God, this guy is just, he's an, he's an extreme runner. He runs hundred mile races and wins. And, uh, but what he, what he does though, professionally is he's got this very popular blog called edgy conversations. He's got a book out called edgy conversations and he, but his business actually is he's a he's a, a turnaround specialist, and so the, he described his process of finding new new clients to me this way. He said that he, he looks for he reads the paper every day and looks for stories of missed earnings estimates, and when he finds one, figures out who the CEO of the company is, and has a beautiful sword made. This is so cool. The swords are these swords are made by the the prop maker who made all the swords for Gladiator the movie. So they're just these beautiful swords. And he had, by the way, he doesn't get them sharpened. Right, <laughs> they're, right, right. They're edgy right. to a point. But, the, and, and he has the, the CEO's name on, engraved on the sword. It's just this beautiful piece. I mean, they're going to keep it the rest of their career. Well, yeah. and they're not going to throw it out when they retire either, but they'll keep it the rest of their lives. And it's placed in this fine wooden box. And it, then, then he puts a handwritten note in there. And, it's, and it says something to the effect that, hey, I understand that business is war. And, that, and I can see that you, want, or that you lost a battle recently. So I just wanted to let you know that if you ever need a few extra hands, we've got your back. That's it. So he doesn't even tell him what he does. And he gets 100% response rate to, those, to that sword campaign. What I mean by that is that 100% of the time or nearly 100% of the time, the CEO will connect with them and say, thank you for this sword. What is this all about? And, and they have a conversation. Now, not every one of them becomes a, a, a client, but when Dan sells a contract, his contract may be worth a million dollars, maybe will worth a few million dollars. So the fact that he's spending a thousand dollars a piece, so it's now a thousand dollars per, per contact cost on his campaign. But you know, if he, if he's using that to connect with people who can give him uh, millions of dollars in, in business, it's worth it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to send it to a lot of people. He's not sending it to a lot of people. He's reading the, the newspaper and finding, you know, one or two people a day maybe that he might send it to. So, so I love that story. And I'll tell you what's really cool about that story. A lot of, the, a lot of what I heard about uh, as methods for breaking through to important people involved giving gifts. You know, sometimes people are giving half of a gift. So they'll send a, a remote control 
model of a Ferrari, let's say, or a helicopter or maybe a drone, but it's sent without the control device. And the letter says, uh, you know, I'll, I'll bring the control device when we meet. Yeah. So, so another variation of that is sending a left shoe and they'll bring the other shoe when you meet. Um, so, you know, I, so, and then gifts that are meant to be given, given again, um, you know, a, a case of coffee mugs that says top producer and it's sent to a, a sales manager and the sales manager can turn around and award one, just give one of those cups a month to, uh, to thank their top producer each, each month. Those kinds of things. But one of the coolest forms, uh, and I think one of the most effective forms of gift giving is when you're giving a, a, a visual metaphor. And that's what Dan's sword is. It's a visual metaphor or a representation of, of the fight he's going to bring to the battle if you hire him as your turnaround specialist. And I think that's just brilliant. It's freaking um, brilliant, and as you said, business is war. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm. This is symbolic of me equipping you to fight that war. So you know, I, I had, a, I had someone who read the book, and they got in touch with me on, on LinkedIn, and they said, "Well, I'm, I'm selling janitorial services. What can I do? How can I use this?" And I thought about it, and and sent him a note saying, "Well, here's what I think you should do." So here's another visual metaphor. You know, um, janitorial services are not. They're not glamorous. People don't want to sit around talking about them. But if you sent, let's say, a rat trap in this beautiful box, just sort of jewel box it so that it, and you can have a custom box made out of, I mean, my favorite is corrugated cardboard. Just making custom boxes out of that material, it just looks cool. And anything that you put into it, if it's, you know, if it's set up so it's just going to hold that, whatever that item is, it looks beautiful. It makes a, it makes a rat trap look beautiful. Yeah. But you know, the note along that, that would come along with it is would say something to the effect that, um, you know, janitorial services not only preserves the value of your facilities, but it keeps pests away like roaches and rats. So you know, I'd like to talk to you about our services. And I, I guess really you kind of have a, you maybe you don't even use janitorial services. We don't, I don't know, but I think you're, I think the choice is pretty clear. Either you hire someone like us or you, you buy a lot more rat traps. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking that the person would look at the rat trap and say, I don't want to be doing that. I, wow. Ooh. But isn't the so whole it, point of this to say, I just, is, is you need to take some type of an action yeah. that, that generates a conversation. And, yep. and, and, and get some thinking too. Get some think. Of course, yeah. absolutely. That, it, you're not much of a conversationalist if your conversations aren't aren't are leading to to deeper thinking. But but the whole point of this is is don't send them a, a generic email. Don't respond to them after they connect to you on LinkedIn and say, "Hey, here's my three page pitch." You know, thank you for connecting with me. That that's not gonna. That, that's invasive. That is insulting. Yeah. That is. Yeah. I don't have time for this crap. But but sending a sword, sending a personalized cartoon, conducting. A an interview well i mean obviously my approach is 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 quite naturally a conversation because that's the that's the point of, of what i do <laughs> that but, what but, but that's what but that's also the beauty of it right you know and so and then the other the other advantage to to your model to dan waldschmidt's model to my model is and it's how my business has grown and why i no longer frankly do any marketing is that the people that you do talk to say to someone else oh you need to talk to Stu because I bet you if you talk to him, he's probably going to send you a cartoon. Or, or if you connect to Dan, you might get a damn sword yourself. Or, you know, people referring me to say you ought to interview this guy. Well, yeah, you know, when it, when when that happens, when when a PR rep con- connects with me and says, "Hey, would you please interview the CEO uh, of, of of my client's company and all that?" 
they're they're doing my work for me because I mean the best news I get every day is when someone sends me an email saying, "Do you want to talk to the CEO of this company?" Like, <laughs> what, what do you think? You know, yeah, yeah I, think I, will. Uh, I, I couldn't. I, I mean, I could sit there and cold call all day long trying to connect to that person. Chances are, I'm going to hit all kinds of roadblocks, and it would be a hassle. But if I, if if especially if someone says, "Hey, let me invite you into talking to to the CEO," well, shoot, that's that's the beauty of it. And then and then here's the other advantage of your model is that you're going to have someone's going to get that cartoon from you. They're going to frame it. They're going to put it on their wall, and then they're going to be in a meeting with someone, and someone's going to say, "Well, whoa, 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 where did that thing come from?" Oh, yep. you got you got to get to know this guy and all that. And same thing with with the <laughs> the shadow box of the sword on your wall. Whoa, tell me the story behind that thing. Oh, let me tell you about this guy. Yeah, yeah. Boom. That's how. Well, that's you know, all. But the, here's the here's the other point, Sue. This sure, is yeah. this is contact marketing, in in its essence. It, it's it's making a, a, a memorable contact with someone in some way, shape, or form that can't help but lead to a conversation, which then builds a relationship. Yep, that's it. That's that's it. That is exactly it. Now, I'm I'm wondering if you're curious about the the method that cost ten thousand dollars per contact. I want to hear it. Go. Would you hear that? Would you like to hear that one? Go. I mean, and it's not something that I expect anyone to do. I don't not to, not to do soon. I, I don't know if I'll ever do it. But okay, so here's the story. There's a guy named Rick Bennett. Rick is a is he's he's just this this crafty guerrilla marketer, and he he runs a small agency. And he he had a client approach him, and the client owned a, a, a tech startup company. And he said, you know, I know that if I get the what I really want to do, and what I want your help with is to get in front of Larry Ellison, the CEO of Oracle. Jeez, this guy owns the island of Lanai in Hawaii. This is, you know, in addition to, you know, he's, he's, he's making bids for, I think he's, he, I'm pretty sure he's, he's representing the U.S. in the America's Cup and so on. I mean, this guy's just, he's way out there and he's very busy and he's intense and he doesn't get on, gonna, uh, he just doesn't get onto the phone with strangers. Right, so, right. How on earth are you going to get in front of him? Well, and he said, "Well, look, I know that if Larry, if Larry sees what I'm doing and he understands the, the business that I that I have here, he's going to want to buy it. My problem is getting in front of him." And Rick said, "Well, no problem. I've got. I, I know exactly what we're going to do." So what he did is he they produced this contact letter as a full page ad and ran it in the Wall Street Journal. Hmm. And and you know the genius of this isn't that Larry would would see it. I'm sure Larry is is a a reader of the Wall Street Journal, but it isn't that Larry would see it. It was that all of his friends and colleagues who have direct access to him, who get right by, well, let's say, I don't want to, I don't want to say it quite like get right by his assistant, but certainly know his assistant and the assistant knows that there are people that should be put through. Well, those people were calling Larry all day long. The day yeah, that they, they have the access to the secret email address, they have access to that private cell phone. Address. Yes. That's, that's what you're talking all about. All the people that have access to him were saying, Larry, did you see this thing in the Wall Street Journal? <laughs> so, so that thing worked extremely well. In fact, so well that that they did create contact, and in fact, they ended up selling the business. So it was worth millions of dollars, and certainly worth spending ten thousand to get a hold of him. Yeah, brilliant, freaking brilliant. See, I, I, I fun love, stuff. I love those kinds of stories. And, and and the point is, you don't have to develop the skill for editorial cartoons you don't have to buy swords you don't have to host a podcast you don't have to spend ten thousand dollars on an ad in the in the wall street journal but but everyone listening to this has some ability to create something interesting memorable and unique and frankly let's be honest of service 
to to the person you're targeting yeah. that that generates interest and says, "Hey, yeah, well, yeah, I appreciate that. Let, let let's chat for a few." I mean, that's the beauty of of again of what I do is that it's so easy to when when especially when I'm doing a series of face to face conversations to say, "Well, that was fun. Uh, I hope I hope you enjoyed it. I really did." Well, you want to go downstairs and have some coffee and talk a bit? Yeah, let's do it. Boom. That's what I do it for, right? That's what my, when I, the clients I help do that for. That's what they're trying to get out of those interactions. So that's yeah. that's the goal. Is you don't have to, as you said, this this can be done through expenditures that range between zero and ten thousand dollars, and that's the point here. So, I, you know, can I just if yes. if I might just jump in? One of your stories was one of my favorites, and and it had to do with not only using podcasts, but if you recall, you told me the story of going to a trade show. And do you remember this? And mm. I know you probably do it a lot, actually. But going to a trade show and turning a client's booth into a recording, well, into a, a broadcast booth, and and what I recall is that you you they they identified about seventy VIP contacts that would be at the show, and you got all of them to sh- to line up to be on on the on the podcast that you were recording at their booth. And you connected with all of them. Is, did I get that right? Yeah, you did. I mean, that's the big part of my that's business. That's a great it's, story. It's, it's, we broadcast from these trade shows. And, and so we host a show at my at my client's exhibit. And we set up a little mini studio. And and what my client then does is that they invite. And the reason the, the number 70 is, is over, say, a typical three-day trade show, we can conduct about 70 interviews. And so what my mm-hmm. client can then do is extend invitations to 70 CEOs or C-levels or decision makers at, at organizations they're trying to connect with at that, tra- at that trade show. And it's it, it they, they they get the same advantage as I do hosting this podcast is that they, they get to make that phone call and saying, hey, this national business show is, is broadcasting from our exhibit. And frankly, we'd love to have your CEO on the show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we'd love to do that. Well, yeah. the whole beauty of that model is that then that CEO – I mean, if you read between the lines, if you're if you're thinking here, you understand it's really not that different than calling in advance of the show and saying, "Hello, can I get 50 minutes of your time at the at the trade show and pitch you this idea?" Yeah. But, but but that that calls in, is is ignored. The call to be on a live national business show is is not ignored. And, and but then that CEO is walking across McCormick Place to spend an hour at your exhibit, and, and and the interview with me almost becomes secondary because when they get there, they spend quality time hanging out with my clients' team, getting to know them, hanging out, high five, and and then they do the interview with me. And, but then but then when the interview's done, they're excited because they they were on this live show and and most surprisingly most people have never done anything like that before so it's a cool experience and they're kind of waving to their staff saying hey get a picture with me with my headsets on you know so that's the whole point that's the whole magic of the thing and so anyway yeah i don't want to steal your thunder imagine what that did for that company they they put an investment into being at the show but i bet you they got more out of their 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 appearance at the show than most of the other exhibitors did. Well, I mean, I've had clients who said, well, years ago we used to spend a gazillion dollars and we would have this huge 250 feet by 250 feet space and we would send 3,000 people. They'd all be wearing logo wear and they'd be, we'd have dozens of demo stations and all that and we got virtually zero leads. We, we, we would bring in the radio show. We, we, could, we could then send a lot less people. We could strip down the size of the exhibit to very small to, and then showcase the, the radio show. And then my sales team, they could actually be out selling as opposed to sitting around waiting for some hopeful walk-up. 
so they could actually reduce <laughs> they could actually reduce costs at the at the at the show then spend more trying to get more leads so uh Stu, i don't want to steal your cool. thunder talking about trade to radio but i appreciate you bringing that up but that's again that's another example of this contact marketing is it's, exactly it's making meaningful impactful contact with people and initiating a dialogue and a, and a trust and a, and a conversation that that leads to a dialogue which is where their sales process really begins so look Stu, not only have we doubled the time i had allotted for this show i even went so far as to forget to do my darn commercial break so Oops. obviously we've had a heck of a good time and, and uh, i do have to run me thinks we'll have you back on the show to continue this dialogue because there's so much more we could discuss on this subject uh, in the interest of of time for today's episode we are out of time before i let you go how can people contact you to learn about the important work that you're doing and most importantly where can they get their hands on a copy of how to get a meeting with anyone oh well good question uh you can get How to Get a Meeting with Anyone at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, probably a lot of a lot of other great booksellers. But certainly those three are, are great places to, to look. And you can connect with me in a couple of ways. You can go to my author page, which is stuheinick.com. That's S-T-U-H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E.com. And you can get a free sneak preview of the book, actually, the first couple of chapters. And the other thing you can do is connect with me on, on social media. And you can find me on Twitter, for example, at by Stu Heineck, though. So B-Y-S-T-U-H-E-I-N-E-C-K-E. Same on Facebook. And yeah, that, that, those are pretty easy ways to connect with me. All right. Stu Heineck, the author of the new book, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, a Wall Street Journal cartoonist and a marketing professional. Stu, as I suspected, killer conversation. Thanks for stopping by and making time. Thank you. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Stu Heineck, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. Intrepid Business.